Welcome back to another Calculated Free Fall where education, motivation, and failing forward is encouraged. We are here, well, I'm here with my confidant, my business partner, Joseph Singsheim, and we have a very special guest tonight. We're very excited to introduce. Joel, take it away. Yeah, so the the person we have on today is an old school streaker, lover, lover of anything Will Ferrell. He went to the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, where he majored in physical education and health education. He was the president of the Physical Education Majors Club, played college basketball, he's scared of tall women, started teaching in 2005-2006, worked at Barnes & Noble, was a lifeguard at the local pool where he was nicknamed the Pool Nazi, moved to Burbank, Illinois for a teaching job, in 2007 came back and taught at New Berlin Eisenhower after being picked over 300 candidates. He was vote, voted staff member of the month the same year. He coached freshman basketball and announced varsity basketball games. Worked various other jobs, including selling PGA golf packages to executives and children's books to librarians. He started selling real estate in 2009 at a local firm and became rookie of the year. He then teamed up with the local agent, Jeremy Reinders, in 2012 and started the New Berlin real estate team. In 2014, Scott was elected to be president of the New Berlin Rotary Club, and on July 7, 2015, he helped open a local Keller Williams office. In December of 2015, early January 2016, he becomes the operating principal of that office, and it changes the course of his life forever. We'd like to introduce Scott Klaas. Welcome. Thank you. Where did you find all that information? Well, we can't give everything away. We have resources. Yeah, we have resources. We've been doing this for a long time now. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's typical for this podcast. We like to enjoy a couple cocktails, drinks, beers. Uh, In this case, we're drinking scotch. Uh, What are we drinking, Scott? We are drinking Johnny Walker Black Label. You know, we we, we pulled out the big stuff for you, buddy. Nice. Yeah, what do you think? I like it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, how smooth. was uh, how was the uh, the dates? Because the our source I know sometimes gets them wrong. They seemed good. Okay. Yeah. yeah they were. Spot on. Yeah, they're pretty spot on. Okay. Well, very good. Um, so what we're gonna do now is the goal of this podcast is to help educate people uh, who are in business, entrepreneurs, salespeople, um, and hopefully people could get some takeaways from your, I guess, success from teaching to where you are now. Um, speaking of teaching, why, why teaching? Why did I get into teaching originally? Yeah. Uh, well, I remember being a freshman in college and I went there because I wanted to play basketball and it was a good little party town. So I had my priorities in line. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life and I, I didn't have a major. So when I was there, I thought, I like sports, and um, I didn't really know what else I liked at the time, so I just thought I could make a career out of teaching Phi Ed because that was always my favorite class. So for the people who don't know you, how tall are you actually? Uh, five foot six. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> that, not Jeff. That, I was that asking make you. you. That would oh. make you the same height as me, Scott. Yeah, I'm six foot eight. Okay. <laughs> six foot eight. So how tall is your wife? Yeah. 
She's five foot one. <laughs> 17 inches shorter? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Because he's you really are afraid of tall women. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. It's more of a joke, but we'll we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so you loved Fayed. You loved sports. That's kind of why you got into that. Um, so I want to guess, I guess, was there anything you wanted to fill in there? Uh, yeah, I mean, right away you were president of the physical physical education majors club i mean what drew you to be the president i mean not a lot right. of people sometimes they just skate through school well, and right, that's it right away you're already seeking out leadership yeah it was uh it was something where school was always second you know kind of second fiddle and i liked i liked being social i liked having playing sports and then when i got into the classes i really enjoyed it you know Contrary to popular belief, there is classes because I majored in health education too. So we had to take anatomy and physiology and some classes that were with the like the pre med students, you know. So mm-hmm. physiology, exercise, phys, and <clears throat> and those classes really intrigued me. So when I got to something I was interested in, I went from my GPA being less than two point my first two years to getting it. Um, where I didn't have less than a 3.5 my last three years. And it was just something that it clicked with me. And then I, I sought out that role because I wanted to be involved. And, and yeah, so it was just went that way. I think you didn't like the elementary teaching. You more liked the middle school and high school, right? Definitely. It, it was just because it just they were more active and it was the more developed? Or? Yeah, I think it was more <laughs> of the development and uh, just being able to really they're just at a higher level i mean that the the elementary kids are fun however it just takes it takes a different type i mean i like i like doing that but to to do that every single day and then plus with elementary they're they're about 20 minutes each class so you just have like 15 different classes (laughs) in and out you're just like going crazy uh so that means you had to teach uh sex ed i did oh my goodness you know the average i think uh, household person teaches uh, or gives the birds and the bees story to their kids, like three kids. You gave it to like hundreds. Yeah, I did. It was uh, I was really good at it. Uh, I, I I prepared well for it, and it's just uh, the the high school I was at Eisenhower. The health was nine ninth graders and twelfth graders, ninth through twelfth, all in the same class. I just had to take it once, and so I had some ninth graders in there. I had some people about to graduate, and I had to teach to that range i mean that's a big gap so jeff on your notes there i see how did you prepare why don't we skip that one which one how do you prepare for te- teaching sex ed oh yeah yeah, yeah well let's, well, let's yeah, well, skip that one i think it was just practice yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no notes on that people no. if anybody's listening um so you you where where i know you said it joe where you were in what state uh, burbank, illinois. burbank he illinois he took a teaching job there and uh so what made you move in one year yeah, from there back to Wisconsin and New Berlin there. Well, the biggest thing reason we were there is because Nicole was also a FIAD major and my wife, and uh, she was the PE P- major club president after me, and and we both needed a job. So there wasn't a lot of openings for two jobs nearby, and I applied in Naperville because uh, I just did and got an interview there. I thought I was going to get it and ended up not getting it. So then when Nicole started applying nearby and she got the job and they needed seven FIED teachers because seven of them quit in one year. Whoa. And so we, uh, she, I drove her down there because she doesn't like to drive in Illinois and I was in flip-flops and uh, 
a white, like not a wife beater, but a tank top. And then she's like, oh, my husband needs a job. And he's like, well, bring him in. And so I had to meet the superintendent in my in my scrubs. And then a week later, got an interview and, and I got hired. So that's awesome. We both got a job there the first year. And then what, you know, we just didn't want to be in Illinois, live down yeah. there. Um, and then the, the Eisenhower job came available and interviewed for that and got it. That is true. 300 candidates? Yeah. Okay. So what? Uh, uh, Other than your height. Yeah. Other than your height, right. How did you stand out from those candidates? I, I think that's, I mean, for people who are trying to interview for jobs, I mean, you, you kind of go up to up against maybe 20 people, but 300 is pretty incredible. What, how did you stand out from that? Yeah, you think teaching is, you know, some people might think it's an easy thing to get into it. It's very competitive, and, and uh, I know that they look for ex- extracurriculars. So the leadership stuff helped, the, the coaching obviously helped, and then, um, I, you know, I just have that, that background in athletics and the, the other FIAD teacher was there who was the, the main, uh, basketball coach, varsity boys basketball coach. And he just took a liking to me right away and probably had some good influence on making me, mm-hmm. there was one question in particular, it was rate, rate the, uh, units in order of how well you want to teach them and a unit is you know you could have basketball and tennis and badminton or whatever and one of them was dance and i remember rating that last and because <laughs> i thought it was a trick question yeah because that in college they teach you dance and you know all this stuff and i'm like well i'm just going to answer this honestly and i rated dance last and i just remember hearing him laughing <laughs> in the interview i was like okay i think i did that right then yeah. hopefully yeah i i think that's awesome um, so it only took you to october and they voted you staff member of the year or the of the month. <laughs> what were you just cracking jokes out there, or reading off like uh, Will Ferrell lines, or what were you doing? <laughs> um, I don't know how you found that out, but uh, yes. So w- it was just. I mean, I was a young guy. I was twenty six, and and there are you know anywhere from probably fifteen to eighteen, and. I was relatable and I remember my first day of health class and I told them, I mean, I didn't really realize this, but I was telling them my goals and I just said, I have a goal to be teacher of the year and this is what I, my plans are and this is what I want to do. And, and I, I left it open to them. I mean, they, they got to help me design the, the class a little bit. And so it was, I was using a lot of stuff that I didn't realize I was doing, but it, yeah, the, the kids liked it. You know, I think that's fantastic. Um, and then, I mean, what? Just a couple of years after, you you kind of did a career switch. What what stopped um, you being a teacher? So one thing as a teacher, <coughs> you get this sheet of paper, and it shows you what you're going to make for the next thirty years, and it breaks it down based on number of classes you take. And you, back then, if you uh, every year you got a little bit of a raise and and I remember working, you know, I'd get there at before seven and I'd get home by nine at night. And uh, I just remember thinking that I'm getting pretty much paid the same amount as the teachers that might get there at eight and go home at three. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I didn't want, I wanted my work to be rewarded mm-hmm. and not to just fit in status quo. And I also realized really fast that I didn't like having a boss and being told like where to be and what what to do that's funny because our uh our source says you you don't like reporting to the man so it's pretty cool <laughs> mm-hmm. um so how 
Okay, so th- so that, you you left, yeah, yeah. So you, and you left did fundraising jobs. <laughs> so I that whole summer before this year was over, in probably around March, they they uh, laid off the bottom two of every department because in teaching, it's not about again, it's about seniority. So I was the new guy, and they laid us off, and I just realized at the time. This is 08. I felt with Fayette and Health, like if they needed a new copy machine, they would just say, okay, bye, Scott. I'm getting a copy machine. So I didn't feel a lot of job security. And uh, they did end up hiring us all back because they passed a referendum. However, I didn't want to do that every year. Like I didn't want mm-hmm. my fate to be, oh, you have a job. You don't have a job. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and so that I knew right then I was going to interview. And it took me all summer to find something I liked. And I told them... I think it was a week before school started that I wasn't coming back, which it, I didn't mean to do that. It's just I didn't have a job, and Nicole mm-hmm. wouldn't let me quit without a job. Right. Yeah. Well, that's pretty crazy. So it seems like your wife was a determining factor in that. Yes. <laughs> but aren't every wives? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um. So how did you determine your next career path? I think that's very important because, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people out there that – are struggling even like kids in college like what am i gonna do you know i don't know what's next i mean do i take this do i take that like did you sit down like what what was it that really kind of honed in on what you wanted to do next yeah what excited you about the next step are we talking right after teaching or getting into real estate (laughs) well Well, you did a few different things so what what enticed you to to seek those out instead of teaching so the first thing that that i did was i um i want i knew i wanted to be in sales because again i wanted to work and have that be rewarded and i figured Mm -hmm. if i worked harder i could make more do more or have more opportunity so i started applying for a lot of different sales jobs and the the first one i got was uh school fundraising and i think the the boss wanted wanted me because i had the background in teaching so it was a good fit and it was the guy that uh he goes to the elementary school and gets the kids all excited and gets them hopped up and the, the tries to sell. The exact words were get kids jacked up to sell magazines and win prizes. Yeah, get excited and, and uh, sell magazines. And, you know, you do that big presentation in front of everyone. And then, so you and were then, that guy. Yeah, well, I shadowed to be that guy. Oh, I never God. really – I did it maybe once or twice on a smaller level. Um, but I, I shadowed the guy. And then what I did to start was I would be there when they turned in the orders – and then if they sold seven magazines, they got this prize and this prize, and then we would count the money. And and then, like, I did that a lot as I was training, and then I got a couple accounts. Um, but really what I mainly did, it was an outside sales job, and it was uh, on my own. What I mainly did uh, when I didn't have anything to do was I just played Tiger Woods golf until, like, 10.30 in the morning, and, and then my uh, boss would call, and I would let it go to voicemail, and I would – get dressed and go in the car and then call him back. You know, I, I, I knew I didn't, I didn't like it. I was, mm-hmm. I was, uh, still being paid a salary. And so it was kind of causing me to, uh, get, you know, just not really Little hunt or, yeah. or whatnot. And, and it, I was, it wasn't anything I was passionate about. Yeah. Okay. So then really fast, I knew I didn't want to do it. I mean, I, I was in that role, I think for uh, six or nine months and then, I got this, uh, I applied to this position that was supposedly very enticing and it was about selling golf packages to CEOs. 
and it's like oh i could go to these major golf events and entertain ceos but really what it was is you call cold called ceos and tried to get them to spend you know 25 grand mm. uh, on a client party and this so it, was in 09 yeah it really didn't have right. that interaction that you were looking for no it was i mean it was being told to uh you know a lot of a lot of negative terms because <laughs> the, the main the main role Fill was in the to blanks. get, get yeah. through the gatekeeper um and so the gatekeeper the admin would wouldn't transfer you but then there was workarounds with a lot of the phone systems and and then you could finally get through once in a while and you know the most memorable one was in in some pretty uh, rough language told me that he just laid off like eight of his workers and I'm calling him about this and, you know, just hung up on me. Yeah. So. Well, that's that's rejection. Don't we see that in our business today? Uh, yes. And and how do you keep going? Uh, well, I believe in what I'm doing. And mm. and this this uh, role, there was the sales on the whiteboards, and I was there five weeks, and there wasn't a sale in the office. So I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. And it was $1,000 a month you got paid, and uh, then you got bonused on sales. Jeez. So I kind of realized, like, well, very, even the managers quickly. and everybody yeah. isn't doing this. So <laughs> someone's making a lot of money off of you. Yeah. So that one, I <laughs> that one, I uh, I lasted five weeks. That's good. Hey, <laughs> you tried it. You learned something, didn't you? Yeah. That's good. So who who pushed you in the direction of going into real estate? Uh, well, there was one other step. It was the library, uh, oh, the inside sales right, too. Right. To librarians and that was uh the the benefit of that was it was inside sales so it was being there and um and then i just feel i just felt like i could sell it i was uh doing really well and then i just realized that the their niche was they made the most the highest price books but they were durable hmm. and it was right when the the whole kindle thing was coming and is very very older generation of of business and um you know i just the the biggest deciding factor was i i was uh on break and i was two minutes late and i got called into the office and she's like well where were you i got called into the and office. i was like uh you know whatever and she's like well and she just basically read me out and i'm like well that's not. This is not for me. I'm, I, I need a. I need my wings to soar. I'm not gonna yeah. get yelled at for two minutes. Being two yeah. minutes for two minutes late. Um, man, you and, really don't like working for the man. No, and it really came down to you know at this point, if you can imagine, uh, I've had five jobs in four years, and I was a real winner. I was a real catch, you know. And I just I couldn't. Who told you that? Myself. And, <laughs> And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't find out what I wanted, and I was really down. Like I just didn't think I would be able to be good at anything. Um, mm-hmm. And and what got me into real estate was not a like, hey, I should get into real estate. It was let's print out a list of occupations. And this came from Nicole because she was more frustrated than I was. And and we went from A and we just crossed everything off because I didn't want to do anything. And I got to R and real estate. I'm like, huh. You know, I was looking at houses with uh, a realtor that I that I coached with, and he mentioned that I could be good at the time. I di- I had a less than favorable view of realtors, um, but I looked into it and it was like, hey, you can be your own boss, you can make your own hours. I'm like, huh, what is that? So that's really how <laughs> I fell into real estate. Hey, I mean that's that's awesome because I I mean, Joe's heard this story a million times. I mean, working for UPS was terrible. Oh. 
funny you mentioned that. Which I believe your, you your did. Wife made you work there. Yeah, just part time, didn't they? Uh, FedEx. FedEx. Yes. Yeah. So I would rather work for FedEx. I'm, <laughs> I'm, that's on the record. <laughs> yeah, I worked there uh, because I had no salary. So it, it, thankfully, at the time, I didn't have kids and and everything. But um, she's like, "Yeah, you got to work here. It's like four a.m. to ten or whatever, and then you can have your whole day and work." And I'm yeah. like, oh, "Okay." Well, I would get home at 9.30 or 10, and I would nap till like 2. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this isn't going to work if I want to sell real estate. It's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. five weeks again, and I quit that and just went full time. You just dove right in. I mean, you really took off at that traditional brokerage, um, and you actually became Rookie of the Year. I mean, that's pretty crazy. And I think that traditional brokerage has, what, 1,000 or 2,000 or something like that? 1,000. 1,000. And you were, I mean, not every single one of them was rookie, obviously, but... Yeah, in that office. Yeah. 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 Well, no, he was he was rookie of the year of the entire company. And I think that's pretty incredible. Um, so, I mean, like, some people, they kind of gradually come up. Some people come up a little bit and they tank. But, I mean, you really took off uh i guess what kind of energy did you bring to the table to do that like was there a strategy that you had or i mean what happened i think that uh i knew i just knew how to connect with people a little bit i Mm -hmm. i didn't really realize this purposely but i knew i was going to be networking a lot so i joined the rotary and the chamber and uh the citizens academy and just a lot of places in new berlin yeah uh i didn't necessarily have like sit down and write out a plan it's just what i did and then i did a lot of open houses so yeah i sought out the more experienced realtors devin westfall if you're listening you just heard that yourself (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i i remember i did 89 my first year and sometimes i would do and that wasn't all i started in january so 89 what open, open houses. houses oh 89 open houses yeah, yeah and that's... and then there's there was sometimes this was during the uh tax credit mm-hmm. and i think that ended in june or something so leading up to that i would do one on tuesday one on thursday three on saturday and you know just like three on sunday and then i got purposeful about opens and i would say well i want to if i want to I, I almost farmed through open houses meaning i would pick a neighborhood or an area I would see who was doing opens and I would do them. So then if I did three in a day, all in the same area, I'd see the same people. And then the third time, the second time they saw me, they're like, well, I guess I'll use you. Like mm-hmm. you're just everywhere. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Look at that. I calculated free fall right there. Boom. You so, uh, you took open houses to the next level. You really sat down and you calculated what the best results were. And some, that's kind of what we're looking for. And, some, and some. what I did that too is I took a lot of the, I took the worst ones, you know, because... I can't tell you how many times I sat there by myself in a cat pee smelling house <laughs> just because I knew that that realtor had other ones. And then yeah. I show up for that and then they're like, oh, well, thank you. Here's a, here's the gem. Here's the new listing. Yeah. Sure. So, so you kind of had to prove yourself to get those mm-hmm. good ones. You work your way up the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you were pointing at something, Joe. Yeah, there was a, when you first started at that office, there was something to do with your height that made it kind of hard for you to work in that office. So you needed to have somebody uh, adjust your, your cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're taller than the average person. Yeah. So he, he really made us so think about that. He pretty much so made, him, <laughs> made him figure out a way to adjust his cubicle. And, and the only reason I bring that up is because when I started there, I don't I didn't like sitting. Yeah. 
So after the first no, not man, even year I was you there. Saw my, you saw my stand-up, and you went stand-up right after that. Um, I'm pretty much the guy that did it, and then I made your stand-up. I agree to disagree. <laughs> well, the, je- the desk Jeff was standing up at, I sat down at, and it was perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So it wasn't even that you had a standing desk. It was it just was, his whole desk. Mine was a mid-grade. <laughs> no, I, I like to stand, and uh, at the old job that I was at for six months, this, the library one night, I had a uh, yoga ball that I sat on because it was just like it could keep your core a little more active. And mm-hmm. um, and so I just I don't like to sit for long periods. Well, that's I mean, I think the, any successful person has to keep going. Mm-hmm. Try sitting. Not going to do anything. And I'm a diva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. OK. <laughs> I'll give him that. Um. So you teamed up with uh, a real estate uh, mogul, Jeremy Reinders. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Why Why did you do that? Can I just say one thing real quick? Yes. So the rookie of the year thing, I remember it was almost a, a self-fulfilling prophecy because at the time I didn't feel super successful. And it was fr- like frustrating and then when I got that, it's almost like, oh, maybe I am good. And then it it was almost that confidence thing that that took me off because in that first year, I sold eleven houses, and then I remember the income was I think like eleven grand or eighteen grand I made. So it wasn't like I it was this big booming success. It was just a really bad time of real estate. Yeah. And then the second year, it just like really took off. So I think it was like, wow, I am, I can do this. I yeah. am going to do it. And the second year was just like insane. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then it increased every year. Right. Well, that's a good thing, as any business should if you work at it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, why why did you team up with Jeremy? Well, it was funny because <clears throat> we were starting to look at what the grass is like on the other side and... and uh, went to um we're we're being you know well how'd you guys connect well like because now you guys have similar interests you both had what's what's on the other side what's better how did you guys like meet and have those meet of minds i guess uh we well we got to know each other in new berlin office and just hung out a lot and then we were both actually going to go to a different company and Jeremy said, "Well, why don't you and and let me know how it is? I'll be I'll be right behind you." <laughs> hey, it sounds familiar. Like, yeah, I'm like, familiar. "Okay, cool." And uh, so then I was there for a year, and probably about nine months into it, ten months, we started talking. And this is sound gonna sound weird, but we would talk from like 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. to like 1 a.m. You know, just like mm-hmm. talk on the phone about stuff. And then yeah. we started meeting at the Cleveland Pub regularly to talk about real estate and business. And we got an idea, like what if we just really hyper-focused on New Berlin because we're both going to have kids here and wouldn't it be cool if we just could live and work and and everything would be in that city and we didn't have to drive a lot and we could just combine our marketing and combine our presence and and just just really go all in on New Berlin. And so when we were talking about that, um, the, the if I were to have stayed at the company, they wouldn't have let us team up. So in a sense, me leaving and coming back helped us team up. Yeah. To kind of allow that because they wanted to keep you, mm-hmm. knowing that you might, there could be an opportunity for you to leave again. Mm-hmm. But now there there was a downfall to that, though. When you came back, you weren't allowed to be a team.
team necessarily. You had to keep everything separate per se. It wasn't like a full team aspect like we know now today, right? Yeah, it was more let's partner up and uh, combine marketing dollars and just combine numbers in a sense that when we talk to people. So right. Yeah. It was like it was more of a partnership that we called a team. Well, that's like my next question was going to be like, what kind of benefits did you have on that? And I mean, combining numbers—that's part of the reason why me and Joe got together. Was we were, I mean, to your sense of ten to two talking on the phone, we were over. I mean, I lived literally just minutes down the road, and we'd sit in his garage, have a couple of brews, and we—that's exactly how we like came to. Well. Let's just like do this. We could combine numbers when we sit down and talk. Similar mindset. Yep, similar mindset. I mean, and then you mastermind. When you mastermind, uh, mastermind with somebody, ideas start to spit off, right? And then you like come to like this great idea that you can implement. And I think that's incredible. Um, so that's. Is there any other benefits? I guess to just the numbers. I think we we wanted to both be on appointments together and. And then you have someone to cover your business if you're gone. I mean, in theory, it didn't ever really work out with just two. However, if uh, if I needed to be somewhere, he could show a house or vice versa. Yeah. So, and and yeah, like you said, now we can get our best ideas. Uh, we could both join all these event, all these um, clubs, and just have much more of a presence. Yeah. Yeah. Did that affect your life in any other way than than business? Uh, yeah. I mean, it. I think you are who you you know you are who you associate yourself with, mm-hmm. and so he was very successful, and I was sort of successful, and so it just uh, one one thing that really happened was I was kind of a loose cannon, you know, I was kind of like a very hot or cold in sense of, mm-hmm. you know, I was very very uh, engaging, and then if I had a bad day, I could maybe snap a little um yeah. you know because there's just a lot in real estate and he was just so i mean just like pulseless. yeah i know <laughs> and so, it sounds very familiar and so yeah. uh what happened was he's you know i listened or i like engaged or modeled or just saw how he reacted and then i i think i gave him a little bit of a you know more of a pulse too on things so yeah. we we kind of blended whoa <laughs> the yin and yang yeah the yin and yang that's what you need and a business partner relationship, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, what's the next step in the evolution of where you guys took this then? Because you were, you were kind of finding there might have been a glass ceiling, it seemed like, or something was there that you guys weren't necessarily liking. You wanted more to the team aspect. So I don't know if you can elaborate more on where you went next. Mm-hmm. We, we needed to hire an assistant because even if you partner, <coughs> it's not like you really are saving time. I mean... It's cool, but you still both have your all your same duties. It's not like one of us was doing paperwork and the other one was doing sales, like yeah. a typical team. And so we knew we needed an assistant. Um, our old company made it very hard to have assistants. Mm-hmm. Uh, they charge you a lot of money. They don't train you on how to do it. You're just on your own. And, uh, well, we we interviewed one person. And we interviewed her once and we hired her. And it was like, hey, we got an assistant. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. we... We both loved know, her, by the way. Oh, she was great. Uh, where mm-hmm. we failed was, <laughs> you know, he has his way of doing things. I have my way of doing things. So I'd go in there and tell her something to do. And then she would, and then he would go in there and tell her something to do that was different. And it was just, and it was like, hey, do this, do that, do this. And we'd give her all these tasks. And there was just no rhyme or reason. Yeah. yeah. And then it got, it came down to the point where 
she was working 30 hours a week and um you know like seven of the like like seven dollars an hour was going to the company and not even her like crazy two thirds or one third of you know everything and and i'm just thinking to myself well this isn't a good way of spending money and and then money management yeah it's, it's not leading with revenue right yeah it's like if you were running for political office and you said, "Okay, every employee that you're going to have, you got to pay uh, us. You know, you got to pay me a third of that." Yeah. It just it just doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't work like that. So we we let her go. It worked out um, always because she was kind of looking to down you know downsize anyways, and and then we were just back at it. You know, the two yeah. of us back at grinding. So we getting grinding. We had a good two or three years where it was basically you know all we could do. Um, we we were doing well, but it was like there was no there was no room for growth. Yeah, it's like hey, what's hustle? Sun up you to sundown, so much, and yeah. we're gonna do these awesome numbers, and then next year we're gonna hustle all day every day and do the same thing. And if we ever take our foot off the gas, then we'll do less. And if we ever want to do more, well, it's not possible. Right, right. So then you wanted to do more. Mm-hmm. You so what, wanted to break through so that what, ceiling. What, what what was that? What took you to the next level? Yeah. We, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because you, you're going to tell us a story, but, I mean, you had that glass ceiling. Was there any, I mean, what was your motivation? I mean, uh, there's like the average agent can like sit there or the average salesperson can be okay with like, okay, I'm doing this each year. I'm happy. I'm making the money. What What was what made different you in break, your drive? You, what made you break the ceiling? My main motivation was at the peak of everything, I think I had 24 deals that I was working at one time, and I was late to everything, and I, if I wasn't on an appointment, I was texting or calling or emailing, and that, that included driving, you know, and that included at home, and that included at night in bed, mm-hmm. and um, I just, I got to a point where I think I was starting to get ulcers, and I started looking at other um, fields, like I didn't want to be in real estate. No anymore. kidding. So I thought to myself, as I and this is a true story. Scott, it's kind of, not in real estate. <laughs> Weird. Uh, I I thought being a garbage man would be a very good idea because and this what? isn't this isn't a, this was the biggest thing I wanted at the time. I wanted. Uh, to not think about my job when I wasn't at my job. So real estate is just constant. Like you can't, it's yes. hard to get away from it. Yeah, you can't take and your so finger off the pulse. I just thought if I went and did my job, um, I'm sure it's got good pay. It's got good benefits and I could go do it and just be done. You know, like that. Yeah. And, and I never like applied, but I remember being very close to like something like that. Yeah. Um, and a garbage man. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here first. Folks. And, and then it, it got to the point where I don't want to do this, nor do I think I can until I'm like 65. Like mm-hmm. we made a lot of money, and then the end of the year would come, and we'd say, "Well, where did all that money go?" Right. And then it's like, okay, well, repeat, 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 and and it's like, okay, I'm not saving anything. I'm going if I hurt myself or if I ever want to be out and I'm done. Like it's just it's all so reliant on me. So my main yeah. driving factor was how can I leverage some of my time to get these results without me having to do everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just had no idea how. Yeah. So, so then what, how'd where'd you the idea come from? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you find? The biggest thing was we were at Cleveland pub <laughs> and Jeremy and I just got back to, you know, I switched and I got back and I was like, ah, this is my forever. You know, it's like 
you get you know it's like you stray and you're like okay i'm never gonna stray again yeah and uh jeremy pulled up this article on inman about uh keller williams and it's it, the article was underestimate keller williams at your own risk and at the time i'm like you're crazy like no like i'm not i, I don't even want to think about it i don't want to talk about it you after know, he just made you switch yeah and and uh, my perception at the time was just the keller williams agents that were around and i'm like no not gonna do it and but he's like no look at this and i started i read i read it and and i'm like huh and then uh we did a, a ton of research on it and uh well one thing was the just how much they they focus on building teams and leverage and so that appealed to me big time yeah and then it also at the time because there was no keller williams office in new berlin uh was oh well, what does a franchise look like you know what what could it look like to maybe have a piece of that and sell real estate yeah you took that to the next level you you just didn't switch to a kw i mean you wanted to you like franchised it you grabbed the bull by its horns yeah that's yeah. crazy yeah so uh it took me about two or three days to say i'm in like i don't take a long time i'm not a joe yeah. singsheim and i need like you know two years to decide <laughs> it, it was uh, a little less than a year <laughs> uh i and actually I, it was before that but i had to finish out yeah you know whatever if i if i know something and, and that's the same thing it's the good and bad of my bouncing around jobs was uh, you know, people would say, well, you didn't teach three years. You got to get three years and then make a decision. I'm like, well, three years is a long time. That's right. wasted time. That is right. wasted uh, time. You do this job for three years. I'm like, no, like I know, I just know. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not afraid to just like bet on myself and take a risk. So, so when, when I knew, I knew and, yeah. um, and, and we're like, let's do this. He put the pedal down. Yeah. People. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. Um, you know, there was risk in it, um, but it was calculated. It was a calculated right. free fall. Yeah, it was a calculated free fall. He had to look. He, he had to look at her board <laughs> at her just in case he needs to read it. Um, yeah, I think that's incredible because, I mean, that's. I mean, we switched. So what was you, you franchise? What, what was the biggest thing that brought you over? I mean, you said you did some research, and from my my notes, from my my confidant, um, my informant, it says it was the culture. I mean, was that really what drove you? Like you said, teams. You said being in charge, like leading leverage, like using leverage. Um, but was it the culture, really? Because you said, you know, in the beginning, you, you know, you knew of a few Keller Williams agents and you were like, eh, you know, I don't know. Like, other than the leverage and the teams, was it really the culture that kind of brought you over? I don't think it was the culture because there was no culture at the time uh, that I knew of. Right. And mm-hmm. we didn't have an office. So what what originally intrigued me was the ability to learn stuff that i'm not being taught and mm-hmm. also just freedom like, you went to one of keller williams conventions i remember you telling me this and you know you here in wisconsin your team is a pretty big team and then i remember you coming back and you're like man um i thought i knew everything and then you were like there are teams that are doing like 100 million in production mm-hmm. not like 30 mm-hmm. like that's crazy uh, I think that's a huge, like, I mean, that would affect me. I it op- mean, it opened our eyes. Yeah. It opened our eyes for sure. Um, I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. And so before that we were being, you know, uh, wined and dined and, uh, it was, it was, I, I kept hitting my head on a ceiling at, at my old company and Hey, how about we do this? How about we try this? Let's do this. And it would mm-hmm. be no, 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 that's not how we do things. No, no, no. And 
and I saw a lot more flexibility and freedom here. And then, um, and then the ability to just grow an office was very appealing. I never wanted to run the office. I just wanted to be a good realtor that, that could help grow an office. Yeah. And, and so when we were being wined and dined, it was, well, they have this good training and this gold culture. And, and we said, well, we kind of don't need that. Like we don't need training. We didn't go to a training for like a year. We spent $0 on training that whole year. And, and then when, and, but we switched, we switched in July and, and August was mega camp in Austin, which was the big convention. And there was one. So for people that are not in, uh, a, a real estate agent or a KW agent. That's one of the annual events that people do. And it's where they interview one of the biggest agents within the company of Kelly Williams, where you could kind of learn new things. Kind of like strategies. we're doing. Kind of like we're, well, yeah, kind of like what we're doing now. Yep. And they, they bring out one, like the top agent in every category, like the best open house agent, the best for sale by owner agent and the best. Uh, and, and so what really struck me at that was, uh, the, Gary Keller did a did a talk, and it was the ten mistakes realtors make to stop from being a millionaire real estate agent. Because he wrote a book about that. It's a it's kind of the a big deal. It's a red it's a red book. We call it the Bible, and um, <laughs> and so we made all ten of them. It's in my nightstand. Like yeah. we made all ten mistakes, and I'm thinking to myself, if we're this in our little local bubble. But we're making all ten of these mistakes. Imagine what our potential could be if you plugged in. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and we, we, yeah, we were doing I think thirty six million, and and there's someone that just like did that this month, and we're like, what? Like we didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, because there's just a little bubble here, and right. we're we're very conservative, and we're very very behind the rest of the company uh, country in terms of like what we do in our MLS, the and, scale of where we're yeah, at. Right. Yeah. So I mean, finding out that what did that. That was like an aha moment for you. Yep, that. And then the uh, uh, there was probably 20-some people there from KW in Milwaukee. And uh, Jay Schmidt, who is the top agent of the state, and then Kim Rogney at the time was the team leader of the North Shore office. And I just remember sitting down for drinks at uh, one of the hotels, and they were just grilling me i'm not saying like lightly like playfully it was like what <laughs> they is your, wrong they with you the they, said, yeah. they said why don't you have an assistant <laughs> like you guys are crazy and i'm just saying yeah but we this and this and that and we got it and we're fine and but then it's like no you don't understand and it was like thankfully they like beat it into my head because the the one thing i took away from that of everything was i needed to get an assistant and uh, within a month, the um, we started with a virtual assistant. But uh, I, I knew, like my one thing take away from that was I'm going to get a virtual assistant, and we're gonna I'm going to leverage some of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because the less on your plate that you don't need to do is more business. Mm-hmm. You can work on your business, not in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Man, one of the things. I mean, I I had like this. Oh. Um. So I I you were saying before that you didn't take training you didn't you know after a while you think you 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 thought that you knew everything right um can you express like how important training is because i mean i mean you're a teacher right right i had a it kind of like had to hit you in the head pretty hard i had a lot of leather bound <laughs> books and it smelled like <laughs> mahogany <laughs> i didn't need training uh i knew it all so so yeah, it, it, it was like, a, it, there was really no like uh, midway with me. So <laughs> good or bad is kind of all or nothing. And so yeah. once I got a taste of 
that training and is like, okay, what can I do? And mm-hmm. the big class at the time, which has now changed, it was called Recruit Select. It's how to hire, how to hire. Like, because yeah. I didn't know how to hire. I mean, I hired my first person and we didn't do it well. So we took that right away. And then it was uh, just class after class after class. And Darren yeah. Kittleson, who uh, runs the two offices in Madison, he was instrumental in getting our office up and running and he would come every Tuesday and Thursday and he would just teach a little bit of like KW culture like yeah. oh this is the six personal perspective and this is moving from E to P and this is you just be like and I would just like eat it up like candy yeah. like I would go and I would learn and I and it was it was a little overwhelming cuz it was like so much but I'm just like I got I got to learn this I got to do this yeah. and and watching him what I learned was uh he was the ultimate person in like just living a life by design and being mm-hmm. purposeful. Yeah. So it was, I have this at this time and this at this time. And there's a bold law called uh, bold is a training class. It's called all work expands to the time allowed. Mm-hmm. And he just embodied that meaning like, okay, we can make this meeting an hour and a half and it'll take an hour and a half, or we can make this meeting 45 minutes and yeah. it'll, we'll get everything done in more in 45 minutes. Yeah. It, well, that's why I, I bring that up because, you know, not, I mean, even people who are listening that are not in real estate, um, you know, sales in software or you're selling printers or whatever it may be, uh, you know, train yourself. Train yourself on sales. There's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of classes, even motivational speakers. Uh, Casey, um, who we, our first interview, uh, interviewee, uh, he, uh, who, who did he go to see? For his motivation, he went. He saw Tony um, Robbins. Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. And what happened? And this guy took off. He just told us today that uh, Tom Martin now is taking him on. Mm-hmm. He he canceled everything else for his media. He, he, he's getting him on board. He's doing some great things. Yeah. Um. That's why training. If you think you know it all, you don't. <laughs> so it, it seems like Darren was a, a pretty good tipping point for you mm-hmm. to kind of visualize. Um. I guess being regimented and having an actual schedule yeah and kind of reining everything like you're like you said you were a loose cannon and you you had all this potential and you like if you were to pack that cannon and actually put it and point it at something like you could actually go places right Mm -hmm. so it seemed like he was pretty instrumental in that he was in many ways one the biggest thing was just like modeling him and just watching how he would time block his day Mm-hmm. You think that's important? <clears throat> yeah, the biggest thing that I remember him saying was there's a, a perspective, one of the six that's called uh, moving from E to P, and that means you move from being entrepreneurial, which is just be, uh, relying on your natural talents all day and just going and being reactionary, you're just reacting to whatever's coming to you and just like nose to the grindstone, going as hard as you can all day, every day, and just like seeing where it gets you. That's acting entrepreneurially and you hit a ceiling, which we were like hitting a big ceiling to moving purposely and purposely is leveraging either people, systems or models and or all the above. And I just said, okay, that's it. That slide clicked like something clicked in my brain. I'm like, I that's that's what's missing. So how can I leverage systems, people and models to take me to where I need to be, where that new ceiling, that old ceiling is my new floor. You yeah, you've you've came from rookie year to operations principal and a major shareholder in the new Berlin company. And I think that's incredible. Um, why, what, what got you into operating principal? Actually, you know what? I, I want to know what, what is your job? 
<laughs> I want to know what what you do in the office. What is it that you do here? And <laughs> why why did you take that position? I mean, I know you were nominated for it over a couple different people, but I mean, it, so it was yeah, only inevitable, yeah, start, right? Start start what Give the operations principle is, and then we'll dive into how'd you just how'd you move into that so we'll we'll start there so i didn't really know what it was when i did it and i took it on however it's it's uh the the owner of the office so it the the main role of an operating principal is to cast the vision of the office mm -hmm. uh you know how many agents do we have what does it look like what's the cult uh be be instrumental in the culture and then hire and train a really really good team leader um and then uh the third thing is um the profit, just like obviously no, yeah. like the numbers and the profit. So yeah, so that's what I knew, and and really what it boils down to is just be that person. You're the pulse in the office. That's the pulse. That's like you know you're you're there. Uh, a lot of operating principals aren't there ever. Mm -hmm. You know they mm -hmm. they're remote. They might own like six. Or really? they just, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and so the team leader a lot of times ru like runs the whole show. Yeah. And uh, well, now, I mean, it's a little, it's a lot more competitive in real estate and the OPs I think are, are much more instrumental. However, uh, at, so that's, does that make sense of what it is? Yeah. yeah you know, it's, absolutely. it's a, it's a, I'm there almost all day, every day, you know, I'm there a lot. And uh, my main roles are. I'm going to build systems. I'm going to train classes. I'm going to run masterminds. I'm going to help recruit, and I'm just going to be that you know that driving force that people that it will attract people so that people how, want to be around. How did that impact your life, both personally and um, business? Well, when when I when I took and it your, and your team, yeah, three part question. Okay, hoof. <laughs> Making me sweat. When when the when the opportunity was available, it, it basically boiled down to the fact that they wanted the, KW was merging away from kind of this older school mentality of hey you you can have four offices and whatever um, team leader run find a team leader and it's good and they they kind of merged to well we know we want someone more local we want someone that can be there and have an influence so uh, at the time um, I had a six month old boy and. I have that little red book you have, Jeff, and in the back I had my next five steps I wanted to take, and one of them was operating principle. The difference was it was a someday thing, you know, maybe mm -hmm. someday, someday, yeah. yeah. And then the opportunity came, and I thought to myself, well, this is kind this of is my one day. <laughs> this is kind of my baby, you know. Yeah. And uh, if if there's ever a, a time that I'd want to do this, it, it, it's now or never potentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we are hiring a team leader like three or four months earlier, and I was seriously considering being the team leader because I'm like, how cool would it be to just grow this from you right. know, nothing to huge? And and now it's like I was taking Bold, which is a course of um, business objective of life by design, which, again, goes to what, I, what I'm looking at, seven-week course. Mm -hmm. And uh, the teacher, no joke, like a week before this all happened, he said, if opportunity knocks and you wait to open the door, well, it won't be there. Like he, right. and, and so that was just like fresh it's in my eye mind. opener. Yeah, for and sure. That yeah. was like, the, and, and so when <laughs> like we need an operation, I'll take it. <laughs> when we had this, this me emergency meeting, it was November twenty third, and uh, and they're like, well, this is happening, and I was going on vacation for eight days in Hawaii on the twenty fifth, and oh. and I'm just like two days uh, later, and, and so I go, 
yeah, I, I can. I'll put my hat in the ring, you know, yeah. in that meeting. Mm-hmm. And that whole week, I'm just like, oh my god, what do I do? Do I want this? Do I not want this? And it, yeah, it, it really got me thinking. How like, was your vacation? Um, it was. <laughs> it was a lot of drinking. Uh, it was good. I th- what I did was I got up early at like five, and I would just sit and watch the ocean, and I would look and like do my my goals and write it out, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I got to focus for mm-hmm. the day, you know, sure. for, yeah. for the most part. Get your mind right. Yep. <laughs> And then, uh, and so then, yeah, long story short, ended up getting it. And, um, and, uh, so then you said, how did that affect the biggest thing? Yeah. I mean, your team, yourself personally, and then, and then your personal life, Yeah, like you and well, the team and the personal life go pretty hand in hand because at the time up until I would say July or August of last year, I was doing a lot of sales and so Mm -hmm. i was doing we we leveraged our buyers to buyer specialists and i was doing a lot of listings and so you know you might have 10 11 at a time and and it it takes up a lot of nights and weekends so yeah i realized really fast that if i wanted to crush this operating principal role the sales was going to have to diminish and that was the benefit of being a partner with jeremy a business partner is uh he, he would kind of take over <laughs> yeah like he can he can help run that and i'm gonna i'm gonna do the op role so i i, good, I, good I merged i merged yeah. definitely i merged out of the sales and into that that so the biggest change was my days got tremendously busier and my nights and weekends got more free let me ask you something so that was good my, for personal life. yeah that that is good for personal life and i wanted to dive into that because I, I i have my notes here i mean you are very busy every day i mean everybody has a different way to time manage what is your way to time manage uh it starts with well it's a it's a couple step process so every sunday i get up early and i review my number like my top priorities for the week it's called doing a 411 um, and it it goes to what are my year goals and then break it down what i have to do this month to hit year and then what i have to do this week to hit this month so once a month you change your month goals and then every week you you really nailed it's not a to-do list it's uh it's like a success list it's like these are the things you need to do this week yeah. to be successful wow and then you plan it each day like okay when do you think you'll get that you know what when which day do you think you'll do it so every morning you wake up you review what that's like um you look at your t- your calendar your time block and and you you have to fill that in so you have mm-hmm. to put your your big rocks first mm-hmm. and it looks like do some lead do your lead generation in the you morning do the hardest thing first yep get you out of the way the frog yeah right. need the frog and yeah. <laughs> and uh do that first and then and then prioritize like even as simple as color coding in your calendar like purple for me is the most important stuff because purple is the color of our bold class so if it's lead gen or appointment or recruit or stuff that's like super super important that goes purple and then it yeah. goes green and it goes yellow that's the work colors and then blue is like um family and red is working out for the yeah. heart get that heart going get the heart. and uh and <laughs> so, like it. so like it's, it. yeah. it's prioritizing that and then and then uh, the biggest thing is you don't want to time block like a hundred percent of your day because then you just leave no time for failure or, right. or unknown so i like that i've never heard that before fail forward yeah you never leave time for failure that's crazy um, I like that a lot. Now, why? Why? Why would you leave time for failure? Because every day, your things are going to happen. You're gonna things are going to happen where you don't you don't expect that, or or um, you know, like we might get a broker complaint, or we might get something that's just like, oh crap, you know. We, and we yeah, call, we call that learning, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. You learn, you learn, you you help, and, you implement, and, and you. And there's only so much you can plan. You know, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. real world versus right. living in a bubble. And so, ideally, you only want to time block sixty percent of your time, and then okay. the, the other time you just leave white space. And if an opportunity comes, or if some BS comes, well, then you can deal with it. Well, plus, you, plus you need to acclimate in yeah. between different things, right? So you need to get out there and, like Jeff does, like talk to people, take a lap around the Very office, social. right? Social, <laughs> like he'll he'll sit there and watch a YouTube video or something in between, just yeah. to acclimate from calling one thing to the next or doing yeah. one job to the other thing. Like you need to be able to have Sh- that white yeah, space, shifting your mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly, absolutely. Um, there, so, there was a few other important things that happened in his life do we want to touch on those or do you have a few other things on the the office um well i i, I thought we'd kind of go into the, yeah. the office thing so okay go uh, ahead. congratulations by the way you you just bought a uh, building a new building an, an entire building like two-story building no i think it's a three-story building it's, it's two well it's it, it's it, got it, an elevator it's gonna be like eight stories soon you know when the, when the <laughs> we're doing an addition <laughs> yeah already. no though well because you're growing at a rapid pace oh you're, you're off in the back cave in i'm just saying like, <laughs> like how stories go where you walk uphill both ways you know in like right. 10 years like yeah it's, it's it an eight story <laughs> <laughs> it is two stories it's twenty six thousand square feet there's 11 tenants in it currently and there's four vacancies, which KW take over the four. That's fantastic. It's pretty huge. I mean, you we, started, we literally have the whole bottom floor. Yeah, Sorry. I think three yeah. years ago you started with like eight agents. How many agents do you have now in your office? Uh, we have, at the end of this month, we'll have 122. In three years. Mm-hmm. Not even. I Yeah. Where where does the uh, where does your office stand when it comes to rankings in, I guess, the southeastern uh, Wisconsin? Well, we're the... We're the biggest office in the county of Waukesha, and then we're the third biggest in the MLS. And now, you know, what, what goes first is the agent count, and then because we're newer, um, we're building up the units and volume. Sure. So mm-hmm. our units are right there uh, towards the top. Our volume is it's going to be the third thing for that triple crown. Yeah. But, uh, you know, those are the three main metrics. So you're telling me in three years you went from eight agents to being the third in the tire Wisconsin because that's MLS, isn't it? Uh, I know well, I know there's like different the, wire racks and well, stuff the, like the, that. M- the Metro MLS, I know. The I don't, Metro Yeah, uh, there's a lot of big KW offices. Like there's two Appleton, big ones in Appleton right? and Green yeah. Bay and Madison. And uh, But, yeah, we actually went from three because it was Jeremy, Jennifer, and me that left kind of like Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And we just were like, well, who's coming with us? And, <laughs> and then the next day, Chris, Chris Gebert came. So we had four like right away. Yeah. Um, and then it just slowly trickled. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that could just shows right there how much of a leader you are. Um, you're like Jesus. Everybody follows. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. I don't, I don't think all that. that <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor joke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Move on. Um, but now you have this building. So let's say that once your building is like taken over, right? So everything's in. You got everything implemented. What's your next that, endeavor? Yeah, that's going next year, right? Yeah. I mean, after next year, after 2019, you're looking in 2020. I mean, so what, what's let's, let's hear these goals. Let's yeah. say them out loud yeah. right on. What's next on your page from OP? Because that was just a thought. Well, what's in the back page of the red book? Well, right now we've got. Uh, I'm also a regional director for the Chris and Cole Real Estate Network, which okay. means we help grow her network in the Midwest. 
um, through a, co- a concept called expansion. Mm-hmm. And that just means you can have a team that's not in your local market center. You just you have the leads, the, the hub of the admin, and you hire agents uh, all across the country. And with wow. a company like KW, there's you know 820 or 40 market centers or offices you can just put an agent in an office and they mm-hmm. know the culture and they can get trained locally but now you give them support and leads and coaching and they can go help sell for your team so yeah i help recruit for that uh and then and then we are in the process of you know kw is just hitting its it's you know, just its stride so we have three offices now um there's one in lake country mm-hmm. that just got approved there's going to be Three more, I think, coming here pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which I could have a, a key piece with. So it's just let's do this again. Let's see what yeah. The, let's see what that's like. Repeat and then uh, let's do a threepeat. Yep. And then there's a partnership with a focus with a with a title company. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's just there's just a lot. There's you know, a lot it, of growth within from the company. The, yeah. The the opportunity of the OP, which is how it changed personally. Again, is uh, I remember calling uh, Caleb Hayes, who's another OP in, in Wisconsin, and I said, should I take this? Like, um, And he said, well, the people that you are connected with, uh, the people you're around is just, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Like, mm-hmm. you could do it for free, basically, and you just get to be around these people, and it'd be worth it because you just want to be around high-quality people. And so I'm like, well, I thought a lot of his, I think a lot of his opinion, and I'm like, okay, well, let's do that. So yeah. the people, and now it gets you thinking differently, and now there's just opportunities everywhere. Yeah. So, so Scott, do you think um, maybe after this you could get us an interview with Caleb? Uh, um, Caleb, if you're listening, you're next, buddy. <laughs> we really like that. Maybe uh, can you do it remotely? Yeah. Yeah, we could actually. We can move. We know how to do that. Um so now that we're, I mean, that's that's pretty much from start to finish. Um, what are some of the things that kind of, con- that if you could pinpoint some key points that contributed to your, your success. Success. Yeah. success is different for everybody. We all know that. But what are some of your, if, if you could like dive into, okay, what really got me to here? What are what some key points? What drives Scott Class? Yeah. What drives you? What motivates you? Well, I'm also part what makes of, you you. What I'm also part of a life coaching group uh, called Life and Air, and okay. it's very important for me to figure out a way. It's great to have like this, you know, your you work and you have all these accolades, but if you're not able to spend it with doing things you want to do, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily worth it. So they really teach you and drive into you to have a vision and. Yeah, take all this opportunity, but make sure it fits in your your vision. Um, His wife and kids are in the other room, by the way. They came to spend time with my wife and kids. Yeah, Yeah, I just don't like doing things at night if I can help it. I mean, obviously, sometimes you do it. However, thanks for coming. When when you guys ask me, I'm like, well, Jeff has, or Joe has like 19 kids, so maybe my kids can come over and play and the wives can hang out. And they are. And they're having a good time. So the big thing that that drives me is – uh, you know, Simon Sinek has the start with why video. Yeah, and I love that so video. So there's a follow up because that, that like shook me to the core for like two years. Right. Uh, where, where it, you're on this journey 
to find your why and you're like well why can't i find my why you know like what's wrong it's a, with it's me it's kind of difficult yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard and it's it's really it's really uh like exhausting it's you, an eye opener as well you put a lot of time and thought into it and then um and then there's a book called uh start with start uh sorry find your why not start with why find your find why find your why and it's how to to find your why how to run uh you know how to run a group setting to help people find their why's were you in that class jeff i did it for the lc or you missed it uh maybe <laughs> loser loser uh, <laughs> so a book for you leaders eat last is the next one. oh yeah simon Sinek, uh, leaders oh eat last. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible so so by reading that book it's like wow this really helps me because i i pretty much put myself through the process and what i came down to because it says you know find your life stories your themes all this stuff and one thing I, I really noticed was I never, ever hit my potential in anything. Like, whether it was school or sports or uh, as a realtor or as a teacher or anything, like, I never, ever hit my potential. And so I you realized... searching. Yeah. So yeah. I realized I really need to nail this, like, mm-hmm. and it drives me. And the other thing is I let, um, I let fear control me a lot growing up so i was actually believe it or not very shy until about my junior senior year i can relate to that and uh and then i just bust out of my shell but with sports it was like i mean i just like went into a, my clam you know like yeah. I, and 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 uh there's there's one picture that i look at every single day and it's uh the state sectional semifinal game my senior year to go to state or to 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 go to state for basketball and I wasn't I wasn't starting the game like I throughout the end of the season lost my starting role because I was like so just let that fear like scare me and yeah. and I see that picture because there's like two thousand fans there and we're all in the center like jumping and I've got my warm up jersey on and so I'm just like God what like how the heck is that possible like I ended up playing college basketball. I'm six foot eight. Like, how do I, how am I not in that game? So, my big why that I figured out for myself was I want to, it's to vision. So, first part is visioning and model limitless success. So, by me modeling limitless success, and like, first I have to vision it, then I have to model it to vision and model limitless success such that I help a legacy of, of a legacy. Um, achieve their ultimate potential despite of their fears. So what drives me is seeing other people like break out of their shell and change their thinking and not letting fear fear just like control them. Mm-hmm. So there's some people that I meet with and this really comes in play with like recruiting because yeah. it's um you know there's so much fear involved and it's like oh I you know it's so much change and it's like yeah well you know that this is the way to go and I can get you yep. there just let me help you and then I know. they come to the classes they come to stuff and it's just like so rewarding absolutely I mean change is huge do I you, mean, a lot of people are afraid of change do you do you have a, do you have a one word yeah what is your one word uh this year it was value oh that's mine Interesting. so I gotta figure out what it would be next year yeah mm-hmm. well I mean Scott, this is a lot of things that people could take from. Um, and I hope people who are listening, I mean, obviously you can email us at uh, calculatedfreefall at gmail.com. Give us our our takeaways. Um, you can also ask and see if there's anybody else you want interviewed, maybe that you know locally. Um, I don't think we're going to interview Elon Musk anytime soon, but, you know, hey, we'll try. Um, Scott, because... Oh, hashtag you, that quick. Yeah, hashtag, yeah, yeah. Um, Scott, because you came on, I really appreciate that you came on. Um, 
you could plug right now if you'd like. I mean, is there anything you want to plug? I mean, go ahead. Uh, well, I think that uh, in general, if you're looking at either getting into real estate or already in real estate, you know, there is a lot of fun at, at our office. There's You want to be around a bunch of like-minded people that that are all growing and wanting to achieve more and, and help each other achieve more and get this culture where everyone's sharing and growing and learning. Um, check us out. You know, don't be afraid to, even if you're happy, because everyone's happy, don't be afraid to check out what is behind the fence and at least see what it's like from our perspective. Oh, we were all happy before. But we're <laughs> oh, we're static happy. now. <laughs> you know, I get I get people that, that, and this sounds corny, but they thank me and they just say, like, thank you for calling. It's not easy to call someone, like, out of the blue that's a realtor that's successful. You know, it's not a it's, – it's not like it's like, a, oh, yay, this is fun because there's rejection and it's just like calling a, a FISBO sometimes. But you get these people that, that tell you – Oh my gosh, like thank you so much for calling me. This literally has changed my life and I'm like just so happy. You know, I I'm yeah. on this new path and whatever. And you, so You've heard our our podcast, it changed my life, it mm-hmm. changed Jeff's. You've, so, heard, <laughs> you've heard Scott's here now, it changed his. Yeah, and, and you can be anywhere you want. Gary Keller says you can be anywhere you want to be in 5 years. And and so like mine is three and a half. And my life three and a half years ago, I can't even picture. So I have a year and a half left to say, you know, <laughs> what is this going to look like? Yeah. It's going to be pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, do you want to give us some of your sign-off thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, Scott, I mean, we, we brought you on here because we thought hopefully people could take a lot from what you brought here, and it seems like you've given a lot. Again, your words value, which is mine, and... I think we can each say that we want to bring value to every person that we touch or, or, or I guess that listens to us. And I think that you brought a ton of value to our podcast today and we just, uh, we want to, we're very humbled by it and we really want to say thank you very much for taking the time out of your, your schedule, your, your personal life and your business life to, to actually do this with us. So we're, we're very thankful that you came on our podcast and we're able to share a little bit of your life story in a segmented way in a very yeah. short time. And uh, again, we're very thankful to have you on our on our podcast today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. And that will be all for today's episode. Uh, but uh, <laughs> guys, feel free. Seriously, we need. Uh, uh, if, if you like what you heard, please subscribe. Tell people about us. If you're getting an entrepreneurship, sales, business, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be real estate. Doesn't have to be real estate. This is the podcast to listen to. Thank you so much. We're signing off, and you guys have a wonderful night. Bye.